This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you on just a horrific, horrific aftermath of what we saw yesterday. A day that was supposed to be a pure celebration of the Kansas City Chiefs, a likable team in the NFL, great stories, great people. Um, The celebration of their Super Bowl win results in a horrific tragedy where one person was dead, 22 shot near the end of the Chiefs victory parade yesterday. Just horrible. Yeah, just awful. And you think about what the day was supposed to be for Chiefs fans in the city of Kansas City. There was no school so kids would be able to attend the parade. The the city wanted to celebrate back-to-back championships. We hadn't seen that in the NFL in two decades Mm -hmm. since Tom Brady. And here it is, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and Chris Jones officially getting the moniker of being a dynasty because of the success they had had over the last half decade. So it's just – it's absolutely awful, Smalls, and the carnage that once again follows us with these mass shootings that happen seemingly every other day. It's it's awful. I mean, two dozen people injured, half of those being kids, one person losing their life, a local DJ who's beloved in that community. I just I I, I don't have the words to express all of the different emotions that I'm feeling, but I'm just tired of people sending out thoughts and prayers. I empathize with the people that were affected yesterday, but we got to do something to change the culture that we have in this country that is leading to these types of events taking place. Something has to change. And how many times do we have to say that? It feels like this is unfortunately so commonplace in our community. And it's just horrific that it keeps happening again and again with yesterday being the most recent example. And when you said, CC, you thought about what the day was supposed to be. Sports is one of the few things we have left that really connects us. It mm. really galvanizes us. And to think that all of these people went to the parade to experience joy, to make memories with people they care about and celebrate their team and their city. And within an instant, that joy turns to fear. It turns to terror. I It just breaks my heart. It makes me so sad. It makes me angry. And it makes me feel helpless, frankly, because I don't know how this changes. I really don't. Well, it changes maybe hopefully one day by stop worrying about right versus left and just think about right versus wrong. This is not a political thing. We're going to see all kinds of debates and disputes today over gun control in our country. How about don't kill people? Let's start there. Don't shoot people. Like, I'm not here to get into a gun conversation. I'm not here to get into a right versus left. Just what's right and what's wrong. People living their life, like, let people live their lives in a happy way that we saw, we were supposed to see yesterday. It's just horrific. But, but see, the, what you just touched on is a, a big part of the issue, right? Because this is something that's going to be politicized. I know. We, we know how the news cycle is going to go, right? People are going to send out thoughts and prayers. People are going to talk about the issues and what's the actual root cause. Is it mental illness or is it just having so many guns and, and gun culture being pervasive? Like, they're trying to get to the bottom of what the problem is. And the reality is, we're the problem. We're the problem. We're all the problem. Until we all collectively say we've had enough, this is going to continue to happen. And my former teammate and also ESPN NFL analyst Marcus Spears, I thought he was spot on with some of the comments that he made yesterday on NFL Live in talking about the issues and how we've normalized, normalized 
these mass shootings. Let's take a listen to what Marcus Spears had to say. I would just have everybody pause for a second and just think on empathy. Think on what these families are actually going through and get out of your own selfish reason for whatever side you lie on about what we need to do about gun laws and gun control in this country. Put that to the side for a second and be empathetic for these families that are going to bury their family members and ask them how they feel. Try to put yourselves in their position. See, sympathy is when you feel bad for somebody. Empathy is when you try to put yourself in that position so you can actually experience what that person is experiencing. So that's what I would challenge people to do. That's using all of the old cliches that come along with situations like this. Just have an empathetic mindset for five minutes about these people that's going to have to bury their children and see if your mind changes a little bit about how they're going to take your guns and how we don't need gun rights and we got all of these rights in the country. Five minutes to have a little empathy for the people that's going to have to bury their family members. He's a thousand percent right. It's so horrific on so many levels. And I think the thing that Marcus Spears said yesterday that really hit home for me also was he, he talked about how he hunts, he fishes. He, so he's the best kind of person who can see both sides of this, mm. right? If we're going to take it down that horrific path that people, as you said, we're going to go down, and Marcus said, it's going to be politicized. Yeah. Somebody that actually can say, I see this side, I see that side. What I don't see is what we saw yesterday. There ain't but one side, though, Ev. It's the human side. That's what I'm saying. There ain't but one side. But like, it, I listen, Marcus Spears is an avid hunter. I done been on plenty of hunting trips with Spears. We done, we done hunted all over the Gulf South together. Like, he believes in the Second Amendment. I believe in the Second Amendment, too. I don't sleep without being in arm's reach of a gun. That's just where I'm, where I'm at with it. But if I had to give back my guns in order to prevent a dozen children from having to deal with injuries from a mass shooting like we saw yesterday, then take them. Then take them. These are exigent circumstances. We are in an epidemic when it comes to gun violence and gun tragedies in this country. We just came out of a pandemic, and we saw what happened. Sometimes you have to have your freedoms, your rights infringed on for the greater good. Sometimes that happens. And I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not sitting there caping to take away everybody's guns. I don't know what the answer is. I leave that to better minds. All I'm simply saying is we are in a state of emergency when it comes to gun violence in this country. And until we collectively say we've had enough and demand that the people in power create substantive change where this goes away and it's not as, it's not as problematic – then we're just going to continue to see what happened yesterday happen over and over and over again. It's on repeat. It's on a loop. We see it happen all the time. We saw it happen in a high school in Florida. We, we, we've seen it happen all over the country. Uh, I just we, it, It's synagogues in, in Pennsylvania. We, we, we've seen it happen all over the country until we decide that we've had enough. It's not going to change. It happened at an elementary school in Texas. Until we decide that we've had enough, it ain't going to change. There is no hope for change on, on the horizon because we haven't had enough of this as a society. If you're looking for somebody to blame, if you want to find the root cause, look in the mirror. It's us. And when I say it's us, I'm talking about me too. It's us. 
We haven't had enough of it, and that's why it continues to happen. We have to be the change that we want to see around this issue. And until we stop both sides in this thing, it's going to continue to happen. Yes, it's going to continue to happen until change is made. But when schools are getting shot up, churches, grocery stores, parades, I I just wonder what the tipping point is. And I would really implore the NFL to step in and try to do something to impact change. This is the most powerful entity, arguably, in our country in a lot of ways. We are a football society. They are a billion-dollar baby, the NFL. And when this is happening at a celebratory moment, for their product, I would just hope that somebody in charge in the NFL is having a conversation like, what can we do to impact change? What can we do to make sure that people who come together to watch our sport or celebrate our our sport are protected? I would hope that those conversations are being had within the NFL today because yeah. they can impact change. I, I would like to believe that. I don't know that I do believe that, honestly. Because, I, I mean, the this has happened too many times. It's It's... And when I say t- both sides of it, I don't mean me or you or you. I mean that's what's going to happen. This is not going to be people lost their lives. This is going to be about the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment has nothing to do with what we we saw yesterday. It's horrific. You know, and people say, oh, it's common sense. Well, not every sense is common, and that's that's the sad part. The sense that we have sitting on this desk at this set right now is – be nice to people. Don't hurt other people. Don't shoot and kill people. Get the help when you need the help. Suggest that someone needs the help when you need the help. I mean, I have two children. One is in middle school and one is in elementary school. They consistently have lockdown drills. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. They have drills as to what happens if an active shooter walks into their school to try to shoot up little kids. We didn't have that when we were kids. No. Somehow, some way, this has gotten significantly worse by the moment. And yesterday, I'm not going to sit there and, and rank them worse, better, whatever. Yesterday was another example of it happening. And by the way, we're talking about the Chiefs parade. There were other mass shootings yesterday. That wasn't the only one that actually happened. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. Neither of you will ever understand this. And But... The reality is what is going to happen is sick because it's going to be right versus left, gun control, et cetera, instead of just being regular, everyday, kind people with, as Marcus Spears said, empathy. Well, here's the thing. You're, you're, you're making a perfect world statement or, 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 or framing it as if it's a situation where everybody should be and could be on the same page, and that's not, that's not, it's never how, happen. That's I not know. how it works. I know. And so – to try to approach it from that angle, I, I don't think that solves anything. I, I think there has to be guardrails that are put in place in order for us to be safer. Because right now, Ev, we're just waiting our turn. We're just all waiting our turn to become a part of a club that nobody wants to be in, which is being affected by a mass shooting, whether it's us or somebody that's in our fear, somebody that we love, somebody that we're connected to. And, and until we demand better from the people that are in power that can actually do something to change it, it's going to keep happening. Like, again, we, we talked about a mass shooting that happened at a school in Tennessee. I mean, you, the, 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 the shooting that happened at a church in Charleston. I mean, you, you, you could just name all of the different mass shootings. The one you mentioned in Buffalo at the supermarket. Like, it, just, it keeps happening. And, and, and at some point, we, we have to demand that something about this change. I, again, I don't pretend to have all of the answers. 
But I'm not also going to sit here and pretend that there's any hope to get this thing fixed unless we all are more introspective about the issue and take it personally. Our job every day is to talk about the stuff that doesn't matter in real life. The fun and games department that we live in. The sandbox of sports that we live but in. But we can't afford it now because right. it's infiltrating sports. Like, this, this is this This, this is, is crazy. Real life. It, it, it seems so bizarre until you actually think back to last summer when there was a shooting at the Denver Nuggets parade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this seems so bizarre. Oh, it's a championship parade in sports. It brings us together. Nothing like this will happen. Oh, but it already did happen. It already did happen. So like like we we keep like that's the thing because it happens so often we've conditioned we conditioned ourselves to be you know to be numb to it to normalize and say oh well it's not me it hasn't affected anybody that that you know that I know T's and P's keep it pushing yeah the thoughts and prayers don't bring and the today, people back to, that to, died. To, to, today ain't the day for that right they today, don't bring the people to, back today is not the day for thoughts and prayers like Marcus Spears said. We need to empathize with what's going on in Kansas City. We need to empathize with people who have been, people whose families have been affected by mass shootings, the victims, the people that have lost their lives, all of those things. We need to empathize with those folks and let that prompt us to actually do something to change it. More on Sportsmanlike coming up here on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, just when you thought... Kyle Shanahan and the Niners conversation could come to an end, at least for a little bit. <laughs> they certainly opened it back up yesterday. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Kyle Shanahan had a teleconference yesterday with the media and announced something pretty big. Morning. I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Uh, he is a great football coach, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team, from a scheme standpoint, and things like that, felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm committed to trying, with the situation we're in, trying to find what we believe will give the Niners the best chance in 2024. And when you have a group of guys who have played at a high level doing certain things um, a specific way for a while, um, I do feel that's the best thing to do for them. So he fires Steve Wilkes after one season with San Francisco. A reminder, they had, or the defense allowed 19 total points in regulation against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And now he gets fired. And everyone's saying, well, you found your fall guy. You found your scapegoat here. Wilkes is out. It's a sucker move by Kyle Shanahan. It is. I mean, you're talking about a defense that was ninth in EPA and third in total defense. Explain EPA quickly. Well, it's expected points added. 
So when you base it off of the opponents that you're going to play against and right. their overall level of productivity and how your defense stacks up against other defenses when facing the same opponent, that's how the EPA is judged. That's how you get points. And, and so when you think about what they've been able to do in terms of impacting the game and holding other opponents down and that being a metric that's used to judge how they position the team to have success – like, it, it doesn't make any sense. This is his first year as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, granted, it's a different scheme, and there are going to be some growing pains with the players adjusting to it, but it was successful enough for your team to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many how many Super Bowl coordinators get fired? It, it, it's not commonplace, and that's the part that just doesn't make sense to me. It feels like Kyle Shanahan trying to light a fire over here to – have people avoid paying attention to the fire uh, storm around him and the decision that he made with overtime and not necessarily understanding the rules uh, at a level that would allow his team to be positioned for success. So that this is this doesn't make any sense to me, Smalls, and and I absolutely feel for Steve Wilkes because he's a, a he's one of the good guys in the National Football League, and to think about how he's been treated at his last three coaching stops is just it's awful. He was one and done in Arizona as a head coach with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, he took over as the interim head coach after Matt Rule got fired in Carolina and made the team respectable in the second half of last season. And now he gets fired under these circumstances when his defense held Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense to 22 points in regulation in the Super Bowl. I just I don't understand it. I don't like it. Um, it's 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 somewhat offensive to me. Because it, 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 it's presuming that I don't know any better when it comes to what the outcome in the big game was and who's to blame for the 49ers being on the wrong side of it. Yeah, you mentioned the score. So the 49ers just the third team to hold Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs below 20 points in regulation in the playoffs. It's a rarity <laughs> to be able to do yeah. that to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and now he's out of a job for it. And. You also mentioned, CC that it feels like Kyle Shanahan is lighting a fire over here to point to Steve Wilkes so that people aren't talking about him in the third possession. If anything, I think he lit a fire underneath himself. No doubt. If you're saying that this was a problem, you're still the the head coach that oversees all of this. Yeah. And if you're pointing to this and saying, well, okay, the defense was clearly the reason we didn't win the Super Bowl, so Steve Wilkes is out of a job, okay, well, then what are you going to do after this? How are you going to improve the team? Who are you going to hire that's going to make a market improvement from where Steve Wilkes and this defense was. So I think, if anything, Kyle Shanahan put more pressure on himself with this move. I'm in no way defending the move yesterday. I do think we there just to play a little bit devil's advocate on this, his last two defensive coordinators were Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan. So he's had tremendous success at hiring defensive coordinators, okay? as Now, Sala's not a great head coach. Ryan's may end up being a top-five coach in this league. He's so good, right, in what we've seen. Also... I don't think he's firing him off of the Super Bowl. Obviously, you're not going to make the one decision off of the Super Bowl. That's probably a body of work that he doesn't like. Here's the one thing I kept thinking about yesterday when this move was made, because it surprised me. Did Steve Wilkes tell on himself? When he said in the NFC Championship game that these guys play with no effort and they weren't, like, I just wonder if we go back to that. where Because after the Super Bowl, I ignorantly came out and I said, well, Steve Wilkes knew what he was doing because he lit a fire under these guys because they were awesome yesterday, especially that defensive line. This was on the Monday show. Chase Young, Eric Armstead, and Bosa were excellent. But I wonder if there was something back to when he came out and said, 
we need more effort. Because now you're telling me your defense that you coach did not provide effort in the postseason. I just I had that thought yesterday. I wonder if he was telling on himself a little bit. Yeah, but coaches shouldn't have to coach effort. I agree not in with the you. NFL. I, I shouldn't have to coach effort. So if I'm calling out the effort, that's egregious, and that's a symptom of a bigger problem with the culture that's in the building. Like we're playing for all the marbles. I shouldn't have to coach you to play hard. I agree. So so I don't that's know. What that, we said about the I don't, I don't know defense, that that's something that enough. falls on Steve Wilkes. Yeah. And, and so when I heard Kyle Shanahan's rationale for wanting to fire him, it just didn't make sense to me. He was saying, well, the players weren't used to the scheme that Steve wanted to implement and that, yeah, they've done it a different way under D'Amico Ryans and under Rob Sala, and, and I just thought that the players should be more in line for that. Well, here's the thing that I know about coaching in the NFL. It's making men do what they don't want to do so they can become what they want to become. Last time I checked, ain't nobody on that defense got any rings. Not with the 49ers, at least. So, so I'm trying to get you to do something different right. in order for us to have the success that you haven't had before. Why don't you lean into that? But instead, Kyle Shanahan is leaning out. And, and I'm starting to wonder now if this is a part of Shanahan trying to mend fences with those guys in his locker room. Hey, this might be an olive branch that I'm willing to give my guys in the locker room. Hey, I know you felt the way about the defensive coordinator asking you to do something that's new to you. I'm going to get rid of him, okay? See, I, I do got your back even though I didn't have your back when it came to the decision-making in the Super Bowl, even though I didn't have your back when I didn't use the timeouts at the end of the first half to save time for us to have a drive, although I didn't have your back on the three straight three-and-outs that we had to start the second half where I called eight pass plays in nine snaps, I didn't have your back when it came to taking the ball in overtime versus kicking off. I didn't have your back when I decided not to go for it on fourth and four from our own from their nine yard line going in. I didn't have your back under all of those circumstances, but I got your back with this defensive coordinator. I got your back. I could fire him. It's an easy decision for Shanahan to scapegoat Steve Wilkes. That's easy. You know what it would have been a hard thing for Shanahan to do? To get in front of the cameras a couple of days ago and say that loss in the Super Bowl was on me. Because out of all of the things that he said, he never let that come out of his mouth. And as a former player, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, that's what I would have wanted my head coach to tell me. Not days later say, hey, you know that defensive coordinator? We got rid of him. You know, the defensive coordinator that had us top 10 in EPA, top 5 in total defense, we got rid of him. The defensive coordinator who did better than D'Amico Ryans in points, yards, and turnovers per game, Mm -hmm. we got rid of him. Why? I do, I, it doesn't make question. sense to me. You can't, squ- you can't square it with me. It doesn't make sense. The only thing that I can come down on is Kyle Shanahan scapegoating somebody to get some of the heat off of him. But like you said, Smalls, it only heightens the scrutiny that we're going to look at Kyle Shanahan with going into 2024. Mm-hmm. It only puts more of a microscope on what exactly is going on with San Francisco and increasingly, by the day, I'm feeling more confident in fading whatever this team is expected to be in 2024. I think he is. Fade him. I think Fade he is, the 49ers. He's putting himself in the same Fade conversation. Fade the 49ers more than Travis Kelsey's haircut. Fade him. <laughs> as Nick Fade Sirianni him. and Mike McCarthy. He's putting himself in that conversation as coaches of really good teams that there's going to be some drama around if they don't perform this year because he is not the one who got it done 
this year, but Granger CC is. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The NBA had a juicy 24 hours about a trade that didn't happen. It was amazing kind of following this and now thinking about where this could go because I don't know that this conversation about LeBron going to another team, the Warriors' involvement, what else the Warriors could do this offseason if potentially they're saying, hey, let's get another superstar to play with Steph Curry. But again, the reporting yesterday, Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne did a phenomenal job. ESPN.com has the story of the 24 hours or 48 hours leading up to the trade deadline where the Warriors were inquiring about trying to acquire LeBron, so much so that Draymond Green was peppering their their shared agent and Rich Paul, hey, convince him, we got to convince him to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And governorship, Jeannie Buss and um, Joe Lacob had a conversation about this, and Jeannie Buss and the Lakers like, no, no, talk to LeBron's representation. What? Like, uh, you want this to happen? Brian Windhorst, the ESPN NBA reporter yesterday and NBA Today, walked us through what this all means. I think there's two different ways to look at this. Obviously, if you're a fan, your initial reaction is going to be to, to dream about the concept of LeBron and Steph playing together. I don't think that was ever close to happening, but I think it does show that there was a lack of information. There was a lack of information from these teams because uh, Woj and Ramona also reported that the 76ers called the, the, war, the uh, Lakers about LeBron because just the way things have gone for the Lakers this season and the passive-aggressive moves that LeBron has made left people wondering, you know, how does he actually feel about the Lakers? Where is his head at about them going now and going forward? And he gave an emphatic, I'm committed here. And, you know, Rich Paul went on the record publicly last week saying he's not going to be traded. And that's why I think the Lakers were probably okay going to LeBron and Rich Paul with this opportunity uh, because they wanted to find out where LeBron was too. 
because LeBron was, you know, putting up emoji tweets and, you know, refusing to talk about it in the media. And so what ended up happening is LeBron ends up recommitting himself to the Lakers, saying, no, no, I don't want to be traded. I want to be here. And then the Lakers don't do anything at the deadline. I think those two were related because they operated knowing that LeBron was solid. Now, where LeBron might be in the summer, when, by the way, Philadelphia is going to have max cap room, that's a different conversation. Mm. But I actually think this was more about checking in on an, uh, on an information void than it was about a trade that actually could happen. Like he usually does, Wendy made this even more interesting. Yeah, he did. So do we now think that the Lakers wanted somebody to inquire so they actually get some sort of reassurance from LeBron? Well, it was in the piece, you know, Ramona and Woj with the interesting thought process that this was an opportunity for the Lakers to have a temperature check on LeBron. And they didn't have to be the ones to bring it to the table. It was an outside force that just provided an avenue for them to have Rich Paul and LeBron reestablish their commitment to the Lakers. But they got a resounding yes that he is committed to the Lakers, he's committed to L.A., and that they can move forward accordingly. Yeah, here's what I'll say about that. I I think based on the reporting around this and everybody saying that LeBron plans on opting out this summer anyway and signing a new contract, I think it's a scenario where the Lakers felt like they could get more assets and and build a treasure trove of picks and players that they could then move for a superstar to come and play alongside LeBron James when he returns to L.A. in free agency. I think that's how the Lakers front office was looking at it, and that's really a perfect world scenario. But for LeBron James, if he's not the one that's the driving force, if he's not the one that creates the scheme, so to speak, to lead to that, then he's probably not going to buy into it. And you're hearing people echo those sentiments, folks that are close to LeBron James, folks that are in the know in NBA circles um, talk about it from that regard. And that's the thing that I said as a Lakers fan. When when we got this report from Woes yesterday, I, I said it myself. It makes sense for both sides, for Golden State in the short term and for the Lakers in the long term. But I don't know that LeBron James is going to endure the slings and arrows that would come with defecting to the Golden State Warriors to ring chase for half a season, right? Think about all the smoke that Kevin Durant got. Yes. And him and Kevin Durant are boys. Like, he knows what's going to come alongside that. He also knows the history of LeBron James and that rivalry with the Golden State Warriors and how they met in the finals. What was it, three straight years or whatever it was? So I I think he's – hypersensitive to all of those things. And for all of those reasons, he decided not to make the best basketball decision, which was to go to Golden State. Yeah, it would have been so fun to see him join that team and and watch that play out and see what they could become. Yeah. But if they were to join forces and win a ring, what's the first thing a lot of people would say? Oh, this one's cheapened because LeBron had to join the Warriors, had to join stuff. Whether that's fair or not is a whole other conversation, but you know that that's where people would go with this. People can't wait to pounce on LeBron and find some way to lessen people the things that he's accomplished. People always discredit LeBron's. Of course. Le- LeBron's chips, though. I don't understand it. Like, you don't think they would like have done the ones it here, in, too? The ones in Miami or the chip in Cleveland. Oh, or the Draymond, bubble. Draymond Green got suspended. Or the bubble with the Lakers. They always want to discredit LeBron James' championships, and I just don't understand that. But they well, would have done it with this one, too. Oh, like, no If he question. would have won with Golden State, absolutely. And he knows that. Uh, and then people, like, Brian Winhorst always says, and I think it's a brilliant way of, of saying it, and you, CC, more than anyone will agree with this, I think. You never have to apologize for winning a title. However you get there, you win that title, that is yours forever. It didn't matter that you guys won nine games in the regular season. Who cares? You won a Super Bowl. You don't have to apologize. Hey, you know, we had the least amount of wins of any Super Bowl team ever. Who cares? You won the damn Super Bowl. So, And, and by the way, 
I don't think Kevin Durant should apologize for winning the two championships in Golden State. I don't look at those as cheapened because how many teams didn't have multiple Hall of Famers that won titles? The 04 Pistons and the 79 Sonics. I know them off the top of my head because we always refer to them. Every other team in history has had multiple guys that are either going to be in the Hall of Fame or hovering around the Hall of Fame. So none of these guys have to apologize for winning titles the way they win the title. That said... There is no question LeBron would have been destroyed for going to Golden State. No doubt. No question about that. And it wasn't his idea. But he still would have been destroyed. And Right. I wonder at 38, 39 years old, with all of his accomplishments, can he enter into anything that's not his idea anymore? Business? Basketball? He is so accomplished that I I wonder if everything has to be his. What word did you do? Scheme? Scam? However you want to. I didn't say scam. Scheme? Uh, Wow, scam. How about plan? I think it has to be LeBron's plan, right? I mean, I think that's what it has to be. This was not LeBron's plan. Well, they were consulting with him to see if he wanted to do it. And he said no. Exactly. But with a lot of other players, they don't get that courtesy. (laughs) Yeah, plus, I mean, LeBron James going to join somebody versus somebody coming to join LeBron James. He doesn't even like that. Yeah, exactly. It gives that air of the tail wagging the dog, right? LeBron James is the second greatest player to ever put on basketball sneakers behind Michael Jordan. I just, I don't, I don't know that. Him having to leave the situation that he created in L.A. over the past four or five years to go to the Golden State Warriors necessarily feels right. I I will admit, I think it absolutely would have worked because of the basketball IQs of Steph Curry and how LeBron James plays. Think about it. When LeBron James is on the court, what does everybody say a LeBron James-led team needs? Shooters. Shooters. you got to have shooters. Because this guy is one of he's he's a he's a win his guy beat his guy one on one off the bounce uh, penetrate kick out and you got to have shooters to knock down open shots space the floor properly. Well, you think the Warriors would have those? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think Steph Curry confirmed pretty good at shooting he, last night. I think he became the first player in NBA history to have seven made three point field goals in four straight games, seven or more. Like I mean, I can't believe he's still coming up with first. And I know that that's an arbitrary stat. It's just to confirm Steph Curry, really, really good at shooting. Yeah. I mean, did you see the shot he made in warm-ups before the game I last did. night against Clippers? 125 is, feet or whatever it was. absolutely ridiculous. Like, this guy is saying, you think that putting him with LeBron James wouldn't have worked out and that the Warriors wouldn't have came out the West? You're kidding yourself. Like, that would have been absolutely phenomenal. But, again, I think the biggest reason why it didn't happen is because it wasn't LeBron's ideal, but... That being said, if LeBron is passing up something that makes so much sense on the basketball court right now at the trade deadline, best believe that he's got a plan coming this summer when the Lakers are going to unlock a couple of more first-round draft picks that become tradable, not to mention seeing some of the other young players that have tradable contracts on their roster. And I'm just saying, I'm just going to float this name out there, Donovan Mitchell. Mm. Donovan Mitchell to the L.A. Lakers, it's something that – People have talked about before. Donovan Mitchell has two more years remaining on his contract, but one of those years is a player option. So, essentially, the next season that he goes into is the last year of his deal. So, he's going to have a lot of say in terms of being able to influence where he wants to go. He had to sign an extension in Cleveland. That's probably not going to happen. I just I got to believe if LeBron James is not going to defect to the Golden State Warriors where there's an obvious chance to compete for a title if he pairs up with Stephen Draymond – He's got a plan in the back pocket, and a big part of that plan is him convincing other guys to come to L.A. because he's signing up for 
playing into the foreseeable future with a new contract. All right, let's continue that conversation because I think there is one big mistake LeBron is making in terms of getting guys to join him like a Donovan Mitchell. We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. So here's the one mistake I think LeBron may be making with this whole situation. And he's never done this, and I've always wondered what if he did. And I think now's the time to do it. What's this? What am I talking about? How about a public commitment for the long term to an organization? He always wants to put the year-by-year pressure on the organization that he's with. I believe if LeBron James ever came out and said, guys, I'm never leaving the Lakers. I'm not playing anywhere else. I'm going to sign an extension in the offseason that more guys would be likely to join him. I think he cost himself great players in Cleveland because of the fact he did it year-by-year. Because guys aren't going to go there unless he's there. He is a one-man attraction. He could play... Anywhere in the world, if he goes and plays in in Italy tomorrow and he wants to bring people with him, well, that's an easy place to get to in terms of wanting to be there. But you get what I'm saying, right? That guys will go with him, but they're not going to take the risk of being left behind without him. And I think that's always been a mistake that I think with LeBron James. Yeah, but have you been to L.A. though? Yeah, I was going to say. I understand. I don't think. I, the Lakers have had no problem. They don't go stars, to the Clippers. Dog. They don't go to the Clippers. Yeah, but it's because they they're not, the Clippers, right. the the Clippers ain't the Lakers. I understand that. Yeah, it's but, an iconic franchise. But how many players would say, oh, if he's not leaving, I'll go? Well, I think what makes it interesting is the fact that he's let his intentions be known, right? It's out there in the ether that he's going to opt out of his $51 million player option next I'm year. I'm not sold on that. And he's going to sign an extension. Like, I'm that's not what sold everybody, on that. Well, that's what's being reported I know. by people at our company that are in the know. That's what they're saying. So if LeBron James is willing to do that, then there's got to be a subsequent move to significantly upgrade the roster. If he's committing to playing next season and beyond, then that's LeBron saying – He's fairly confident in what the team is planning on doing this summer. And maybe the hourglass thing wasn't about the trade deadline last week. Maybe it's about biding his time until this summer and being able to unlock some of those tradable first-round draft picks and have ammunition to go get a superstar player that can shoulder more of the load when it comes to scoring a basketball night in, night out. Okay, so there's no market outside of L.A. that cares more about LeBron James, obviously, than Cleveland. Yeah. ESPN Cleveland, 850 WKNR, uh, Aaron Goldhammer, Tony Rizzo, Chris Oldeck, really big show. Okay, so yesterday they get the news about this possible trade uh, with LeBron to the Warriors. We broke it by way of Woj and Ramon on our show. They reacted to it, and listen to what Aaron had to say about this. To see LeBron and Steph playing on the same team, 
that that, that I, soils the joy of the 2016 yeah, championship. That's to exactly me. where I was going. Okay, so Aaron is what? saying, <laughs> Aaron is saying soils the joy of the 2016 championship, and Chris Holdak backs it up there. I get theoretically you don't want to win with your rivals, right? Or you don't want your favorite player to go and join your rival. I don't know how that takes away from 2016, though. I don't think anything could take away from 2016. I could try to. Right? Oh, you probably could try to. <laughs> it's a but- dynastic team. The Golden State Warriors are one of the greatest modern-day dynasties that we've seen. Also, LeBron James, after breaking your heart, returns back to Cleveland and delivers on the promise to bring the city a title, and he got it done. Whether years later he ends up joining some of those players that he defeated, I don't know how that retroactively could ever remove the joy that those people felt in that moment from what he brought them. They can't stand the Warriors, right? Specifically Draymond. There's a rivalry four straight times in the finals. Okay, we get it. Rivals. But, like, let's play out this hypothetical. You won two Super Bowls, or the Giants won two Super Bowls with Eli Manning as a quarterback. You won one of them. Yeah. If Eli finished his career in Dallas or Philly, does it take anything away from the Giants' Super Bowls? No. I don't no. think it does either. No. Now, I do understand the idea. Like, Nuno, our producer, is a diehard Yankee fan, right? Love Derek Jeter. How can you not when you're a diehard Yankee fan? A-Rod comes over. You were not an A-Rod fan, correct, Nuno? At the time, he came over from a baseball perspective, right? You were not an A-Rod guy. I was not. Okay. <laughs> He joins your team, you win a World Series. Does it feel weird that the you're winning with the rival? No. I mean, can I, Aaron, I love Aaron Goldhammer. Great guy. <laughs> but you're act, Aaron, listen to me. It's Cleveland sports. I'm going to offend everyone right now. It's Cleveland. You don't have multiple championships to try to give away and give back. <laughs> except that one. And guess what? Save your anger towards LeBron. If they end up getting Donovan Mitchell, because oh, that, that's yeah, going to get mad. One. Are you upset that if LeBron goes somewhere else, that means he's not coming back to help you win another title? Like, focus on that. Enjoy that title because you're not getting it back. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, they hadn't had a championship in that town in 50 years before LeBron delivered it in 2016. Right. What, 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 I don't understand why why – you want to discredit what he would have done retroactively by by him going to the Warriors. I that can't. makes no sense. LeBron is 39 years old. <laughs> ain't, ain't but so many dribbles he got left. <laughs> Steph Curry is 36 years old. Like, like It's not like these guys are joining each other in the hearts of their prime. This is the twilight of their career. Right. If they combine forces, two top 10 players all time, who doesn't want to see that? I want to see it. And why shouldn't they try to chase after more championships? Isn't that what we laud athletes for? Players that put winning above everything else? So why would you want to discredit LeBron and anything that he's done in a Cavs jersey because he decides that he wants to go play alongside Steph Curry? That makes no sense to me. And the part that's wild about it is not what Hammer said, but Chris co-signing it. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) That's the first thing that your mind goes to? Oh, man, it just discredits the 2016 now, championship. I will say this. That, that, is, that is you inserting yeah. yourself in a conversation because guess what? You aren't in the conversation right now. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Well, the Cavs are. That's the funny part. No, they're not. They're, no, they're, they're pretty good. They're good. Not they're, title contending good. That's my point. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know but why you want to take your title away. Right no. now, the Lakers aren't real contenders. The Golden State Warriors aren't real contenders. And the Cavs aren't real contenders. But by virtue of that move, if LeBron did get traded at the deadline last contenders. week— 
The Golden State Warriors, LeBron James, Steph Curry, they're contenders. And those are two people that you're choosing to vilify for no good reason other than they not with you. I, I will say, though, everything you're saying is, is correct. And I would actually add on one thing. Not only contenders, if that happened, th- that's a title or bust team. You can't have LeBron and Steph. They'll not. break the internet if they go. So it's done. I would love that. That would be great. I don't like don't. It doesn't sit well with me. And it's totally their right, but it bothers me. When my favorite players on my favorite teams go to the rivals. And, and Nuno, to his credit, brought up a great example for me. 86 Mets mean more to me than any team in history, in my sports history. Yeah. When Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry played for the Yankees, I hated it. I hated it. They're right. They, have, they did nothing wrong. But to me, I always wanted them in a Mets uniform. Sure. So you didn't, you didn't want them to have success with the Yankees? That's correct. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in the majority on that. I guarantee you, fans out there root against their favorite players going to their rivals. Would that have taken away from the 86 championship, though? No. And they did win with the Yankees. That's what I'm saying. It did not take away, because that's all I got. But but that's my point, though. Like That's why why it doesn't make sense what Hammer is saying. So, this is not a linear comparison, but St. Louis lost their football team. You can never take the greatest show on turf away from us. No. I hate the Rams with every fiber of my being. That championship in 99 is ours. And, And... Nothing that they could do and the laundry will ever make us not no. love that team. No, you had the Rams in the country grammar music video with uh, Nelly, and they had the SS Chevelle painted like the Rams helmet. What a beautiful you can never, time. You can never take that away. It was a beautiful time. Even though you can't root for them moving forward, you no. can't take that away. That's our that's our title. If your favorite player goes to your rival, do you root for or against that player? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to get your phone calls in on that. Plus, there's some draft uh, controversy atop the draft. Three quarterbacks, where should they go? We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.